Hello and welcome to Herbology. I'm Anne. And I'm Kevin. And this episode is a special one for you folks. This is the first one where we have a guest. We will be joined today by the one, the only, Bridget Lasheski from the TV Junkies. Yes, yes. So we figured since a big part of our discussions are, you know, uh, Bridget's postmortems with Emily. Uh, once we finished season one, it seemed like a great time to get Bridget on to learn a little more about them. Um, but this conversation is about a lot more than just those. Bridget has tons of stories and I was there for all of them. I want <laughs> to hear more. I just want to pick Bridget's brain weekly. Yeah. I mean, it was great to see the genesis of how the, you know, the postmortem, some of the articles she's done and you did a great job bringing out some of the numbers uh, of how many she has done and, and for how long. So it was, it's a great journey, great journey talking about a lot of that. And then as Erpers, the three of us just started going on tangents too. So I think you folks will enjoy this one. Get, get comfy. It's, it's longer than many. It's all over the place. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm so glad that uh, we got to do it because it was a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely. And a big thank you to Bridget for taking the time to sit down and talk to us. Anne and I am very pleased now to be joined by none other than Bridget Lashevsky from the TV Junkies. Welcome to the podcast, Bridget. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. I'm, I'm so, so I'm so excited to talk to you. I finally got to meet you in person at Herpapalooza this, I guess, a week ago now. Um, but, you know, it's so busy. You don't really get a ton of opportunity to chat right. with everyone. I, I compared it to like a wedding where like there's a ton of people and you're just flitting around the whole time and you never get a chance to like really sit down and have a deep conversation with anyone. Yes, very much so. Yes, I was very excited. We got this talk delayed till after the con so that we got to <laughs> kind of discuss how, how what you thought of your first con and all kinds of and just discuss everything that all the fun that happened there. So um, I'm glad it worked out how it did. And thank you for having me. Um, you guys have talked so nice and lovingly about like my postmortems. I really appreciate it. So uh, you guys have just been the nicest. So I at least wanted to be able to come on and say thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. We, uh, it was Kevin's idea to incorporate those into the episodes and, you know, I didn't come into the show at the same time as, as you guys did, obviously. Uh, so I wasn't reading them right. cohesively with the episodes. So to go back and do the podcast, the way we do it now, where we match it up with the postmortems from you, it's so different. And it's, it's just fun to have the two different perspectives that Kevin and I have where, you know, he was doing it as it was happening. And I'm going back now going, oh, my gosh, that must have been torture to not know and just have Emily teasing each time in his postmortems about what was to come. Yeah. And you'll see as the series goes on, she just has more and more fun torturing us. So <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Kevin, for having that idea. Kevin's always looking out for me. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Oh, you're very welcome. But I mean, Juan, this is such a key part of, of the whole ERP experience as we were going along. I mean, how many shows do you get to watch and then literally the next morning or even later that night yeah. get more in-depth information from the showrunner? I mean, it's such a rich experience, Bridget. It's just, you know, got to have it in here, certainly as we're doing the, 
retrospective, but you know, we're kind of jumping a little bit ahead on some of the things we're touching on, but maybe you can kind of start off by just telling us how you came to the show. Um, I guess I can start with how I came to the TV junkies. Um, the TV junkies was started by a woman named Amber Dowling, um, who I'll forever be grateful for. Um, she used to be the editor in chief at TV guide Canada and TV guide Canada unexpectedly shut down. Um, right before the TCA critics tour that happens. Um, it used to happen every July and December and they shut down in June of, God, I think it was 2014, 2015. And so Amber just quickly spun up the TV junkies as a website to have a place to put all of her. She knew she was going to have a ton of coverage um, about different Canadian shows that were at the TCA critics tour. Um, and so she just started the site, started covering Canadian TV um, the same in the same way that American TV was being covered, because um, that was something that they always did at TV Guide Canada, which was really awesome. Um, and at the time, I had just gotten into writing um, about TV for a few other websites and was a huge fan of the show Rookie Blue um, and an actress called Charlotte Sullivan that we maybe we'll, t- we'll touch on later. <laughs> but um, TV Guide Canada and then the TV Junkies were the only people really covering Rookie Blue a ton at the time. Um, so I kind of found the site through that and reached out to Amber, started writing for her at the TV Junkies. Um, and then um, she unfortunately had to move on um, to, she was a freelance, she freelances still, she writes for Variety. Um, she writes at IndieWire. She's a very amazing journalist who still covers TV today, but she couldn't also still run TV junkies. So she kind of handed off the reins to me um, since it's not (laughs) really my full-time job. It's kind of my fun side project um, that I do. And um, just through Amber and um, the coverage that they did at TV, at TV Guide Canada, I noticed um, they had done a similar post-mortem type thing with Emily, the one season for Lost Girl. And I read those, I hadn't really watched The Lost Girl at the time, but as I started working at TV Junkies, paying attention more to Canadian TV, I started seeing this hilarious woman on Twitter named Emily Andrus and <laughs> and uh, went back looking for interviews and stuff with her and found these postmortem. She did the one season of Lost Girl. And I thought, wow, that's that must have been such a fun experience for the girl that covered that season got to talk to Emily every week like that's a really cool thing so I had seen that in the back of my head and then um, as I started paying more and more attention to Canadian TV I I saw it was like Emily um, Michelle Lavretta who runs Killjoys Cassie Cameron was running Rookie Blue at the time there was all these awesome female showrunners and I was like this is so much cooler than what's happening in American TV, like American TV still had so far to go as far as like women in behind the scenes positions. So I started this, I came up with the idea for this series called Women Behind Canadian TV. And the first, and what I was going to do was cover um, all these women that were, you know, running Canadian TV and ask them, you know, how did they get there? Why do they think Canadian TV was ahead of the U.S.? Talk to them, blah, blah, blah. Through that, I met, that was how I first met Emily, was Emily was one of the interviewees in that first round. Um, so that was my first exposure to her. And she had mentioned at the time, it was, it was about a couple of months before 
Winona came out that we did the, our interview and she said, I have this really cool show that's coming out. Um, I think it's, I think you're going to like it if you like Buffy, cause we had talked and I said I was a big Buffy fan. So it was kind of on my radar. And then as we got closer, I had this idea and I, I remembered those lost girl postmortems and I thought, Oh, you know, I wonder if she would be into doing that for Winona or if I hadn't seen the show at the time, but I thought if nothing else, even if I don't like the show, or the show goes nowhere, I'll get like 12 or 13 weeks talking to this like hilarious person. Like, you know, like it, it, I was like, it's going to be fun to just be able to talk to her if nothing else. Um, and then I got the same two screeners that Kevin has talked about that he got. Um, and I watched, I think I spread them out. I watched the first one. I liked the pilot a lot. And then I know as Kevin has talked about, he loved the second episode really got me. And I thought, wow, okay, no, I, I genuinely like the show. Um, and so Emily and I then just did the postmortems in season one and thank God I actually liked the show. <laughs> so that's kind of like the, the start of how the, the postmortem idea came about, I guess. Well, it certainly makes it less awkward that you liked the show. So yeah, yeah. it made it a little easier. <laughs> so I think I think there might still be some people who would be surprised to find out that you're not Canadian. Right, right. So you, you live in Ohio, right? <laughs> yeah, it's always fun when I'm doing an uh, interview and they like a, a Canadian actor or something and they'll see my number and they'll be like, you're not calling me from Canada? And I'm like, no, I'm in the U.S. But um, yeah, I just... Like I had the connection with Amber at TV Junkies and a lot of the Canadian networks, um, unfortunately, because they don't get the coverage that they deserve. I was like, well, nobody's yelling about Canadian TV, so I'll yell about it. And um, so many of the people in that work in Canadian TV are so lovely, nice, like accessible. Um, so I just kind of, my enthusiasm got a hold of me and I just started covering everything and Winona being one of the main ones that I covered. I, I love that. Cause I know I originally was like, Whoa, hang on. Yeah. She's not from Canada. She's, yeah. she's from here. I wish, I wish that I was, but I'm I think not. we all kind of wish we were for, for some different reasons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as you mentioned, Killjoys and, and Winona Earp, I mean, you talk about two awesome shows and the, the folks behind them. Mm-hmm. As you've been able to find out from firsthand experience, I mean, I just I've always loved any of the interviews you've done with with Emily and or Michelle. I mean, this you know, uh, and for those who aren't aware, I mean, Michelle's the one who uh, came up with Lost Girls. So I mean, there's mm-hmm. just some amazing content there from from those two yeah. amazing women. Yeah, we got once once we got Emily on board, then we were like uh, one other girl that used to write for us, Kelly Townsend we were such TV nerds. We're like, this is amazing. We can get the people that are making the shows that we really love to talk to us every week. And so like, we just, we ended up doing postmortems for Killjoys um, through most of its run with Michelle Avretta and then with Adam Barkin, who took over as showrunner. Um, we did it for other shows like Coroner, the first couple of seasons of Coroner, we actually were able to cover that way. Um, and we ended up talking to Noel Carbone, other writers on Coroner. Um, we kind of split it out every week and talked to the writer of each episode on that show. Um, but yeah, it was it was an awesome thing. And just Canadian TV was just I mean, they were just so grateful for the coverage. But I kept telling them every week, I'm like, you guys are the ones doing me a favor. Like I'm sitting here like yelling at you about how much I love your TV show. 
Um, it's just, it was a very cool experience. But yeah, we have a ton of other ones on the site. If you just like go look, search postmortem, we have a couple other shows that we covered in depth to dark matter as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm strictly why known at this point. It's like yeah. occupying so much of my time that I unfortunately don't have time for so many other shows, but I'm going to have to get better about it. So when I was looking at the site and I was going through trying to find like your earliest references to Winona Earp, and I did find that one of the earliest ones was when you talked to Alexandra Zeroni mm-hmm. like back in March of uh, 2016. But over the past six years, you've written over 200 Winona Earp adjacent articles, <laughs> including the 46 postmortems with Emily. Um, and when I started looking through trying to like make a list of who you've all talked to from the show, mm-hmm. I quickly realized that that was a giant list and it would be quicker to just ask you who haven't you talked to from the show that you would still love to get know. your hands on. Oh, geez. I don't know. I've been so blessed, but that's also like Emily being wonderful. And like, they all trust Emily to be like, this person isn't a weirdo. You can talk to her and like, trust her. And she's not gonna, you know, she's not gonna spoil things or like, cause I mean, I've had a lot of them be like, I'm so afraid to spoil something. And I, you know, that trust, they would trust me to just talk freely. And I like, like how you guys do here, like we can edit you out later. Um, I've talked to like almost all the writers. I loved getting to finally talk to Paolo Barsman um, in season four. That was a big one for me that I wanted. I really wanted to talk to him because he's so important. Um, probably like any of, I love, well, I talked to April Mullen. She was, she was a great director as well. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I've been so, I've been so lucky. Yeah. I mean, I think you might've gotten them all. I don't think I talked to Anna Silk about Kevin. I don't think I ever got that chance because she was on so quickly. Honestly, though, like you mentioned that, like I look back on season like two coverage and I'm like, who is that person? How did she have so much energy like <laughs> to cover? Like it really was just like the enthusiasm of like the fans and everybody, like the fan base was always so supportive of the articles. And so I just felt like if I had this opportunity where I had this access, like I should use it to like bring this stuff back to the fans because everyone was just so grateful to get anything. And and I think like the Winona fans are always so awesome because they care so much about what every specific person does. Like when I did the article with Trevor Smith, who was a production designer, like people were thrilled to learn about like how the Clanton ranch was set up. And it's like, that just doesn't happen on other shows. Like we've tried doing coverage like in similar ways on other shows. And we just like, there's people in the industry that appreciate the articles and stuff, but we're not hearing from the fans of those shows the way we are with Herpers. It's just, it's, they're unlike any other. (laughs) I mean, you guys know that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it, it is, it's really just like this, you know, the, the, the podcasts that are out there, the articles that you've contributed to, it's like this treasure trove of history of the show. And, you know, for so many of us who either came on board late or just, you know, weren't looking things up at the time, you know, that was the path for me was that I, I quickly just ate up the show with a spoon, got his current, you know, binged through it all. And then it was like, okay, I need more. So then I went to the panels from, from the cons. And then I went to anything written that was, you know, just Googling like articles, uh, interviews. And, 
And so it is, it's like this time capsule of history that no matter when somebody gets to the show, they can go back and look through that. So I'm, I'm just so appreciative. And I, I know there are many other people out there too, who feel the same way of just all the hard work that you and Kevin and Bonnie and so many others have put into it. It's really fascinating. It was hard work, but like, also we were having, it, it was so fun. Like, <laughs> I mean, I say like, oh man, who was that girl with all that energy? But I was having a blast. Like it was so fun. And everyone with the show is so lovely. Like from, I remember getting to talk to like Jennifer Haffenden, the costume designer, like she was like, so excited to talk about, yes, these are the differences between Nicole's season two uniform <laughs> versus her season four. Like they all get it. Like everyone that works behind the scenes gets it. They get that the Erpers are going to stare at every single frame of the trailer and figure it out. And like, they love it and they love trying to fool us like just as much as we love like <laughs> trying to come up with the wrong theories. So um, I, I just was always so grateful that I could, shine a light on like those type of people that normally don't get recognition, but put so much work and thought and detail into um, that. Like, I think when I talked to her, she was in the process of making the dress that Nicole was wearing as Eve in the garden. Um, and she was, she was like, I can't tell you what I'm working on, but it's a really special project and it's taking me so long, but it's like, look how beautiful that came out <laughs> like so it's it's just they all put in so many hours and just so they work so hard so if I could do one small like article that helps shine a light on them that I felt like that was the least I could do for them for this show that we all love so much and the joy that's brought us well I, I think you did a great job because there are Thank um you. you know there are so many of them that aren't real big on social media so mm -hmm there aren't a ton of articles out there or a ton of communication back and forth with them. So any little nugget uh, that you can get is, yeah. is so appreciated. And just to hear their stories and their input, it does help to highlight so many of those people behind the scenes that this show is so unique about, you know, bringing to the forefront. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to be sitting on that question about like, who would I could have talked to? I know I'm still trying to run it through my head. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, there were so many of them. It's like, who, ha who hasn't? She I'm like, I'm going through the website and like, okay, this person, this person, I'm like, I'm just going to ask who she hasn't talked to because it looks like pretty much everybody here. So yeah, <laughs> I always wished I could have featured the writers more and then that's when we came up with having the writers do like the episode previews each week so because I know I knew I was always going to be talking to Emily after the episode um so I was I was glad that we figured out a way to incorporate all the writers and then they had to do the episode previews every week um of course they couldn't obviously spoil anything about what was in the episode but it was at least a way to still kind of shine some light on them and get their individual personalities out there which I thought was fun what so what did that look like that's for for the postmortems with Emily for example the episode would air and then you talked to her still that evening or the next day or how did that all work no I was lucky enough like um Kevin we got screeners um right. so yeah and Emily was also like extra good to me because like even the episode like the pregnancy reveal I think they gave it to or the finale 
Um, they gave it to only like super big, I think maybe like Mo Ryan got the pregnancy reveal and then maybe someone from Entertainment Weekly and Emily would always stand up for me and be like, no, you also have to give it to Bridget because we do our postmortems. And it's like, she didn't have to do that. But um, so I always got screeners and then it would be <laughs> quite a job some weeks trying to, to, uh, to nail Emily down for a time to talk, but we would talk. Um, and luckily we became really good friends throughout the year. So it made you know, scheduling that type of stuff a lot less formal um, as we went along. But yeah, we would try to talk um, sometime before. And so then I'd always have the post-mortem like ready to go live right at 11 o'clock p.m. um, that night. So I think there was only a few that we missed. We might have missed one in season three. I think she was flying to the UK for the Erpercon UK. And we just didn't end up getting it. Um, So and then the finale, we were a little late on because we wanted to take time. Because <laughs> you were all crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, knowing, as most people do, just how sharp Emily is and how, as you said yourself, how, how fun. Yeah. I, I'd love to be a fly on the wall listening to one of those conversations as you were asking the questions. Because one of the things you are great at is as I think a lot of us maybe have seen in other articles with writers or showrunners, you tend to get the same seven pat questions, but you always dived in as an herper wanting to know why a certain thing happened or, or lovingly talking about a certain thing. How, how was that trying to talk to Emily and then put that into something, shall we say, cohesive? Or be like, why is Nicole not wearing, or when Nic- that was funny, why is Nicole's hair down this episode? Because I remember like in season one, the first episode that Nicole's hair was down. Like, <laughs> it's like what does that mean? Does that mean yeah. something? You're saying Entertainment Weekly doesn't ask about Nicole's French braid versus her hair down. Bridget yeah, with the hard like, hitting <laughs> questions. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just, I was, I came at it as a fan. I did because I was just so emotionally invested in the episode. So by the end, I would be like, you know how she'd leave us every episode. We'd be like, so I would just try to like translate that quick into some light, somewhat of a cohesive question. And then I knew she wasn't going to answer anything, but like that was half the fun. And I started and I think the first season I tried to translate it, uh, transcribe it more professionally um, and then I think I found that people seemed to like it more when it was more like the actual conversation that we were having and her teasing me and leaving in the, oh, you, you saw that, did you bridge or something? And, and I was like, I'm going to leave that in. Like, so it's like, we're talking. Um, and then, uh, so over the years, people would be like, I can just sit here reading this, hear you guys talking. And that was the goal. Um, I wanted to keep it very loose and, and very real because, I think, I mean, we all know how Emily is and, and she would just get, I think her greatest joy was like to make me like, just like sigh and be like, Oh, like, because she wasn't going to answer. And, and I wanted to know so bad. I think the, one of the funniest ones was when Winona disappears at the end of season two. And I just kept like throwing all my theories at her, like, where did Winona go? And this, and this, and she's just like, I'm not going to answer, but you can keep yelling at me. And I just like, I just wanted it to be like what everyone else was feeling, but it did get, I did get like 
sometimes it felt, I felt a little bit of pressure because I was like, am I like going to miss some huge like Erper fan theory, like fan theory that I don't know about, or people are going to be like, why didn't you ask this one obvious thing? It's sitting right there. Um, So I did try to pay attention to Twitter a lot and, and make sure I would, could anticipate what people would want such as the hair questions and stuff like that. <laughs> Was she just sitting there sipping her coffee? Like you, you can keep asking me, Mr. Yes, it's not going to nice try Bridget. It's not going to happen. Yeah. She had so much fun on the weeks that she could like torture or I'd be like, I was crying so hard. Good. I want you to be crying. <laughs> like I'm like, thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think that's what so many of us love about the way it was written is that yeah. you could feel that and it tra- it just translated really well like the yeah. back and forth the banter and it's like you you're an erper like yes yeah. you're you're you know journalism professional but like you're also an er- you're a fan right you're fanning out in the same regard and it's like you just you have these questions and you're left at the end of an episode just like but why but yeah. but how what <laughs> yeah so I like idea. never watched yeah I never watched ahead like I was like very much like Kevin did with his podcast I did never want like want to watch ahead I wanted to come at the questions as if I was like a nerfer like that had to wait a week so um I tried not to not watch until we had talked but yeah but like the scheduling though it all goes to Emily like she would be like I think first season she would be like still editing you know, the last episodes, wow, the early episodes of that season were airing and, and then she remembers everything. Or I think I, I told this on uh, my friend Monica's podcast, but she was writing the season, the series finale. She was writing for 12 um, while they, she was out in Calgary shooting for 10 and we were doing the postmortem for 405 and 406. Like, <laughs> so we were like, she, so we were talking, trying to do the postmortems for 405 and 406. She's like, had, would have to reschedule because, you know, she's like, I'm in the middle of shooting 410. I'm like, that's fine. And then she's like, oh, yeah. And I also have to finish the finale script so we can start shooting that in a week. So it's like, I don't know how she it keeps it all straight and then comes up with that amazing 412 script while also doing all that. Or how she could keep. Like she has the overarching, you know, the mm-hmm. overarching story, how she could keep it separate. Like, okay, you and I are only talking about mm-hmm. 409 right now, even yeah. though I'm in my head working on 412 and we just finished shooting whatever and only talk about this. Like I would make so many mistakes. I'm yeah. sure. And she'd know like every detail, know like what to tease, what to like not give away. Like her brain is crazy. <laughs> Did you, did she ever give away something and then you had to keep it out? Never, never. Because she knew I hated spoilers. Like she, I didn't want to know anything. Like I don't like spoilers in general, but like, if I love a show, I really want to know nothing. Like sometimes, oh, oh, this was a funny story. I think it was the last Urpapalooza, Urpapalooza 2019. They had just started writing on season four. And she had the first season four script. And I remember she, cause she was taunting me cause she knows I don't <laughs> want spoilers. And we were at her autograph table cause I was her handler. And she showed me, she like glanced, she goes, no, look, you can see here's season four. And I saw the episode title and I smacked it out of her hand. I was so mad. Like I was like, why did, why would you show me that? I was so angry. <laughs> and she thought she was like, so funny. 
like what did that episode title tell me nothing like (laughs) nothing at all but like so she had a lot of fun back um trying to get me but yeah she never spoiled anything and if I thought we were getting too close I'd always like veer away because I didn't want to know anything so (laughs) oh my gosh that sounds so much fun I'm sorry Kevin I'm just I'm like hogging all the questions because I'm just like you get to talk to Bridget all the time over all these years Kevin had to hear all these stories all I see yeah see this is this is the fun part very much for me because yes many of these and some of the discussions you know uh, knowing Bridget as long as I have I've heard about some of it so it's just fun for me hearing you bring it up and for the listeners it's so no this is kind of cool for me (laughs) the only time i will say the only maybe she got close but it wasn't even really i had when working moms premiered i was covering working moms and i was tweeting all the time about how much i loved this person called danny kind or whatever um because it was it was uh before season it was while season two of winona was shooting and she slid into my dms one time and was like Oh, so you like Danny Kind? Maybe, maybe you'll be happy about something that happens in season two. And that was all she had ever said. And then when Kevin and Bonnie and I went on the set visit and we showed up and Danny Kind was there, I was so happy. I remember that she was with Way Hot. And I was I was like, don't tell anyone. I didn't even care that Way Hot was there. I remember I went right for Danny Kind. Way Hot who? Step aside. Yeah. <laughs> even, even though when you met her, she was hideous because she was already the Black Widow. Um, yeah. Which, uh, speaking of which, I did go back and I listened to Tales of the Black Badge today where you guys were talking about your set visit. And it was so much fun because you had to break it up into segments because you couldn't talk about certain things. And listening to you all dance around, especially Bonnie, um, things you wanted to talk about, but you were kind of in, and Bonnie was just so like, did I do that right? Did I say yeah. it vague enough that nobody can? And in my head, I'm like, I know exactly what episode you're talking about. No, I have no, I, like, I know you're talking about the kitchen of Nicole's house right now, but nobody can tell. Um <laughs> But so hearing you, you know, now knowing everything I, we know, um, talk about that, it was just so funny. And then I was thinking, so how hard was that covering that postmortem when you already, like, you knew stuff? We knew, but like, we didn't. Like, again, they didn't spoil us. Like, we were there and they're like, this person who I knew was Danny Kind, but we didn't know what she was playing. We had no idea. We just knew she was fighting way hot. Like, but I don't think we had any clue what she was. I think, I mean, we just, I was like, okay, cool. Danny Kind's at least in this one episode. Like we, we knew nothing. And then we watched a like Shamir and Varun shoot a scene with Danny Kind, but again, no context. And they didn't give us anything. And they were like, Mel's pregnant and that's going to be in it. But Okay. I, we didn't know if it was a demon baby or anything. So it was and, so segmented and broken up enough that you couldn't piece yeah. like what the story. I didn't even know how the pregnancy reveal would happen until we watched that episode. Like, I mean, every week during the postmortem, Emily would be like, do you think people can tell she's pregnant? Because I knew she was pregnant, but that's all we would talk about it. And I'd be like, no, she has like a big coat on. I don't think people is even, you know, seeing it. And, and we monitor Twitter like every week and she'd be like have you seen any tweets about the pregnancy I'm like no they're just talking about way really cheerleading I didn't get it at all until (laughs) after the fact and then I went back and I'm like how did I miss it she's in big coats and this and I'm like but I did I totally missed it yeah (laughs) 
So what? even that though, she wouldn't like, I think even the 204 postmortem, I'm still like, how, what is this? Is this a demon baby? Is it like, what's going on? And she still wouldn't tell me until I actually watched the episode. So this is a question for both of you. What, so how, how was that? Like, did you try in your head to like, what is going to happen? Like, did you try to piece that together later on? Like, as you replayed your set visit, just like, okay, she's pregnant. They could either do it this way, this way, this way. Or did you like, just try not to even go there in your heads? I can't remember exactly what I think we did at the time we were like, do you think it's going to be a demon? Do we think it's like a real baby? But like, we just knew whatever we guessed was going to be wrong. So did you have like, all those questions like is it docs or is it like did you even think there was somebody else in play or like well i i remember vividly because it was so fun being because we were on set and as anyone who's seen some behind scenes stuff knows there's a lot of standing around and waiting so three of us were quietly just there and and once we had seen a little you know seen mel knew she was pregnant <laughs> started to see these scenes as bridget said like with this um you know, widow in this fight, like, this is just cool, but can you, can you possibly put that together knowing how often, as Bridget has said, we're going to be wrong. So you don't, at least we didn't tend to go in a lot of specific directions other than how cool it was. And I wonder what it's going to mean. Um, where is this going to come into play? How are we going to find out? Oh my goodness. We can't tell a soul. <laughs> And we have to keep this to ourselves for like four months. Um, so it was a lot of making sure we don't bring things up and such, at least certainly for Bonnie and I on the podcasts, you know, the editing during that time was like multiple passes through the recordings, just the pregnant, you know, as sometimes you're just listening for things to cut out, you're listening for things to peep out for swears. And then I'm doing a pregnancy listen. Is there any re reference to that at all in here? Just to be sure, because, you know, with a, with that cast and these folks making so sure not to reveal it, the pressure that I felt certainly, and Bonnie and I touched on it, and I think Bridget, we did too, is we're not going to be the ones to blow this up. We just have to be on point and not let this out. We were so afraid to, I don't think we tweeted like anything from when we were at the set. We were just like so afraid to even take our phone so out. Paranoid. I think Tim wanted a picture with us and we were like, are we even allowed to do this? And like, <laughs> yeah. We're like telling him, don't get us in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, just yeah. pretend this never happened yes. for four months. Like, yeah. just block it out of your memory so we don't do anything. It was keeping the pregnancy a secret and the fact that we saw they were filming a scene with Calamity Jane. Yeah, <laughs> the introduction. That was, yeah that's right. <laughs> we knew that was going to be a, a funny thing. But that's yeah. what it looked like. <laughs> so, yeah, we had no idea. They didn't I also... even tell us uh, Danny Kime's name or anything. I don't think. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what? I mean, you knew she was Danny Kind, but you mean her yeah. character's name? Gotcha. Yeah, I don't think we knew. And another one related to that, the spoiler side that I remember, Bridget, is when we went out to dinner with Emily mm -hmm. um, during the visit, I think she teased us, but definitely you, <laughs> because she was going through some items on her phone and like, ooh, that's spoiler. You want to see this one, Bridget? You want to see this one, Kevin? And like, you know, we're pushing back from the table, like, la, 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 la. We don't want to know. So, you know, she loves to have fun on that aspect. Yeah. But how fun to be part of that, like, 
that joke, that bit, right? The the teasing back and forth. Oh yeah. You only tease the people you like kind of situation. Yeah. And and I loved (laughs) I loved that 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 night at dinner too, on the way out, Emily showed us the the raw cut of the season two trailer that hadn't been released yet. And Bridget, I think it was you because we were standing there literally on her iPhone in like the lobby or the the entrance (laughs) to the restaurant looking at it on Emily's iPhone. And there's like the three of us just huddled over it. And you were the one who first saw Waverly cheerleading. And and it was all going by so fast, you know? So, I mean, you know, kudos to you for like that. Was that Waverly? And at first I I was like the tallest one. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's, you know, just got to be careful what you're, what you're seeing and, and keeping it there. I was going to say that was where we met Jordy too for the first time was at yes. dinner, which was mm-hmm. so it was a nice like full circle moment to meet him and get to do the panel with him at Herpapalooza and ha- this past uh, week and have him there because he was he was part of the people letting us in on that big secret and everything, which was so nice. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, that's like really interesting. Full circle. You're right. <laughs> the convention had a lot of that. Um, I mean, speaking of conventions, you know, you, you started, um, you know, friendship with Emily over um, all these, you know, weekly uh, postmortems and in the interviews that you did with her. What, what has that all been like? Just like getting in and I've talked with Kevin about this too, just like being there from the beginning and seeing, seeing everything when it was like kind of small until to what it yeah. is now yeah I mean they still act the same like <laughs> they've met they've always been the same people throughout um I think like my probably my favorite one of my favorite convention things are uh, memories was the first fan expo that was in Toronto because they got added last minute it was September of 2016 so they had went to comic-con um got the renewal and then they were going to do um, Fan Expo in Toronto was like their second big con. And uh, Emily, again, like has always been, she's so loyal. <laughs> she's so, so loyal to, and um, she suggested that I should come up and moderate the panel. Never had moderated, done anything like that. Um, but I now have a life motto that I live by that is to never say no to Emily Andrus. So I said, okay, I would do it <laughs> and figure it out. Um So I said yes and went up and that convention was so special because the cast was still so like new to convention. It was the first time a lot of fans had came out. Um, It was so Winona Earp. Um, They had us holding in like a side, like little kitchen area that was the green room. And we were literally like, this is like where they wash dishes. Um, Like it was just so, it was so not high class at all. And then we did the panel and we were supposed to have a signing right after the panel and they completely underestimated Erpers as they always do. We were supposed to sign for like a half hour in the room that we had the panel in that was completely filled. Um, IDW sent the wrong comic for us to sign or for the cast to sign. So it was actually a comic called Hot Damn instead of Winona. <laughs> so they had to sign the wrong comics. Um, <laughs> remember my husband came along and he ended up having to do like line security um, because they had to move us into a separate 
side room because there are so many fans that wanted to get their signatures. So we ended up, they all ended up staying like an hour and a half later after the panel to make sure that all these people could get signed, signed hot dams. If you're still one of the people, I have one, it's like collector edition. Um, but it was just such a like wine owner herb moment. And then I remember we went outside of the convention hall and there was an herber meetup and Tim and Shamir went out first and then Mel and Dom and everybody. And I think um, uh, that was like the first time someone had like a Fandra's shirt. My friend Monica had like the first Fandra's shirt and she has photos of like Emily you know, booing her and all this stuff. Like it was just like, that was such a special, like very first one. Um, and it was so small and it was just so like thrown together and just very wine on because things weren't going correct at all. So that well, they had just thing. completely underestimated the underdog, yeah. right? <laughs> Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I think, I think Jill from Nedley's office went yeah, to that one. There. Yeah. I remember her. I, I could still like remember some of the people that were there that were still again at Urpapalooza this time so um it was really fun um but yeah they've always been the same like the same people throughout like Tim has still always like he's still just as in awe I feel like when he comes out and sees that people are there for him and I don't know that was a special one um but what was it we were just talking about cons yeah, I just basically whenever Emily says come to something, I say okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was a fun one time. I think they were in a fun con was they went to um, was it was in Chicago was it was it Wizard World or, or was it what was the one? Remember the one April Kevin? Yeah, yes, I do. I don't think it was Wizard, it wasn't World, Wizard though, World, but it I was forget. it was the the con that. Yeah, goes whatever there. the big one is there. E two was it an E something or other? C two E two something. Yes, that's it. That's it. That was nice because that was right before season two. Yeah, because Varun came. It was all the boys. It was Tim, Varun, Shamir, and then Emily and Brendan York actually got to go to that con, and so it was all the boys and Emily, and nobody knew who Varun was or who he was going to be playing. Um, and I, I still didn't really know. Like I knew um, from what we knew at the set visit, but that was like one where Emily was like, yeah, isn't Chicago like right next to Ohio? And I was like, well, I don't think you know exactly how U.S. geography, but sure, I'll drive over and <laughs> come to that. Like, <laughs> so so that Skipping was, a jump, no problem. <laughs> yeah, so that was like a fun one and a nice one just because it was like, um, like the guys got a lot of attention at that con, which was fun to see. And um, I think they did like a meetup and stuff there too. So it was just, that was a fun one. Um, well, there's so many good con memories. The Acon with the horse and the duck panel that I hosted, that was all. Kat Zim had written in that question. I used to do a podcast called Feminist Girl Joys and we did like a fan Q&A and Kat Zim hilariously like wrote in that would you rather fight um one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses and apparently I took it way too seriously on our podcast and so someone was like you need to ask it at the cast panel and then and then Emily made it her mission to just disagree with my answer on purpose so then it turned into a whole thing and so that was a that was a really fun 
fond memory is asking that ridiculous question. But I mean, could you have ever imagined that like these interactions that you would have would turn out to be like a thing within the fandom? No. <laughs> because it doesn't take long once you start immersing yourself in everything to to see those stories and see yeah. how things are playing out on Twitter. And then it's just like everyone knows it's it's yeah. like a thing now. Yeah. Or like I used to like throw out Charlotte Sullivan that I wanted her to guest star. Like and so then Emily's thing was always like, who are you talking about? Charlize Theron, like Charlene Sullivan, like she. And so then it's like I actually just messaged her because I bought the script for 412 and I was rereading it this past week and I noticed there's cut scenes with Charlotte Sullivan's character and somebody says something about Charlize Theron and I was like so she actually put it in the script I mean it got cut but I was like I can't believe you put that stupid Charlize Theron thing in there like (laughs) which was like a running gag for like five years with her so I mean it was just it's it's hilarious yeah and you and you don't know what what it's gonna be (laughs) so so that that busts us into my whole section covering one charlotte sullivan um (laughs) so it's no secret know who she is now it's (laughs) no secret you have a, a big love affair with charlotte sullivan and um i think many many other people do now as well uh myself included Uh, got to meet her at Apapalooza this weekend and she's like the funniest most let me sell you on her Bridget yeah she's the funniest <laughs> okay most I'm, delightful I'm <laughs> just like that jumpsuit let's just imagine a female Top Gun like with her star and she claimed she had no idea because we did an interview for her role on Pretty Hard Cases like two weeks before Apapalooza and she's like Bridget what do I wear? Like, I don't know what to wear. And I was like, people wear anything. I was like, Danny kind of wore a bed sheet in Earp Expo and at Earp Expo and looked fabulous. Like you can wear whatever you want. And she, and then she comes out in that. I was like, you needed no help. No, at all. she knew exactly what she was doing. <laughs> so in, um, in one of your post-mortems, <laughs> you said, uh, this was no, this was um, in your interview with Charlotte Sullivan after her Silk Witch performance. Mm-hmm. You said, I know you're not on social media, but there are many fans who are going to be thrilled that you are now part of the Winona Earp world. Would you ever be open to doing something like coming to a convention? And she says, only for them, only for Earpers in the gay community. That'd be my only reason to say yes, 100%. I also feel like nobody would care that I was there. Yeah. <laughs> She still didn't believe that anyone would care when I talked to her two weeks before. But I sent that interview to Laura and Allison from Urpapalooza. Like the moment it went live, I DM'd Laura and Allison. And I was like, look, guys, look. And like to their credit, like Allison had loved her since Rookie Blue. And they just jumped on it like right away. And they did all the hard work like <laughs> and, get, and got her um, confirmed. Like it was amazing. Like. They, they took so many nice, they were so nice to me in so many crazy DMs where I was like begging them to get her. So thank you, Laura and Allison. <laughs> you look so smart right now, guys. <laughs> it's like fortune tellers. Yeah. Uh, so uh, like, again, just another 
super fun component to the fandom is you know that that Twitter interaction where it's no secret that you know you've been loving Charlotte Sullivan forever mm-hmm. or if you've ever watched Marcy's you know reaction <laughs> videos you know that you know she as well loves Charlotte Sullivan so you saw four twelve before the rest of us did right yeah yeah like what? five like, weeks before oh my god the torture, yeah. <laughs> the torture. Poor kevin has had to hear me talk about charlotte Sullivan for years and he was always like in the beginning he was like who who is this person like and i was like she was on this show it's a canadian show I do have to say, speaking of funny con memories, one of my favorites is at Dragon Con, which I think this guy came out when Charlotte guest starred. Someone asked Melanie, who was your favorite, who would be your dream guest star? And Mm -hmm. she also said Charlotte Sullivan and there's cheering. And she goes, oh, is Bridget in the room? So like she knew as well. Like, I mean, I have been begging since the beginning because I just thought she would be wonderful. But I had given up all hope. Like I got Danny Kind back, I don't know how many times as Mercedes in all different forms. So like, I just completely gave up hope. And then yes, I got the screener early. And for some reason, sci-fi to the few people they sent the finale, they sent it like four or five weeks early and you, and it expired. Like, so I had to watch it. I was so mad because I don't like rushing through things that I love. Like I don't want to binge it. But but I was like, if I have to have this finished by next Sunday, that means I have to watch all six Earth episodes and whatever. So I watched, I, 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 I know I'm sound so, oh, sorry. You had to watch all the Wine on Earth episodes so fast, Bridget. <laughs> but like, no, but it's when something like when, and then you have to do it for like research and like it does yeah. become a thing. But I was, I was just like, these could be the last six episodes we get. I don't want to like burn through them. Yeah. Like, you don't want so to end. But, yeah. But I was like, okay. So I set aside like a whole afternoon. I went like in my bedroom with my dog. I was like, this is, we're going to watch the series finale. And I started watching and I caught her name at the beginning, on the guest star thing. And I just started like sobbing, like just sobbing. I had no idea. Um, Emily was Emily had never told me like it was happening. I mean, we obviously had talked for all the postmortems through all the shooting for when she shot that episode, never gave anything away. Um, I think she still teased me that it was never going to happen, like on Twitter, you know, months leading up to that. And then she was like, so I crying, texted her selfie to me crying. And she's like, yeah, but have you kept watching? And I was like, I haven't even seen her on screen, Emily. I was like, I saw her name on the screen and I had to pause for 15 minutes and walk away. Like, <laughs> so then to keep watching and find out that she, she was named Brigitte and like, and she was such a weirdo, like such a great performance. Like it was just beyond anything I could have imagined. And everyone kept it a secret. Noelle never said anything. I think I interviewed Charlotte for something else the one time. She never said anything. So it was just, it was crazy. Everybody kept me completely in the dark and it was the best surprise ever. I, I It was a fun surprise for me who doesn't even know you, yeah. knowing that <laughs> that was something that you and some of the other, you know, like older herpers, yeah. not old in age, but yeah. as in seasoned, um, would be excited about. I remember just being like, oh my God, 
like, I think I even tweeted, like, somebody check on Bridget, somebody check on Marcy, <laughs> yeah. like, is everything okay? Um, and then hearing that her name was Brigitte, which I, I was just like, wait a minute, that's way <laughs> too close. Yeah. And so then, crazy. and then the boop, like, yeah, I was like, wait, did she, she say boop literally or boop? introduced as a boop. Right. I was like, this is like, my mind was blown, but yeah. Again, yeah, but I sat on it for like five weeks and I didn't tell anyone. I think, I think like my dog knew. I was like, (laughs) she won't tell anyone. But then she was also popping up everywhere at the same time because her stint on Law and Order was starting just then. She was on the coroner episodes that Noelle had gotten her on coroner. So she, it was like an extra tease. It was like literally Charlotte Sullivan was everywhere. And like I couldn't tell people that she's also going to be a wine owner herb, you guys. Like it was crazy. It was just, I was just like, this is the universe like playing like this giant joke on me. And like, oh, I might have told my mom, but like, they don't get it. Like, I was like, I need to tell my friends because they will get like how insane this is. <laughs> like, and I couldn't say anything. Oh, and we had done like the trailer reaction. That was Monica's podcast. Uh, There's something in the air. We had done like a, a trailer breakdown podcast and we had seen the the woman with the angel wings and we all had okay. guests and they were all like, Bridget, it's going to be Charlotte Sullivan. Like you're finally getting Charlotte Sullivan. And I was like, you guys were 100% not getting Charlotte Sullivan. Like it's not happening. <laughs> I was like, it's not her. We kept playing back the voice. They're like, it could be, it could have been Charlotte Sullivan. I'm like, it's not guys. So like, I mean, I was just so convinced she was not popping up at all. And then to actually have her be on there was my mind was blown. And, and then like you said, like, you're like, oh, I got Danny kind a lot of times. Yeah. Like, at what point are you just greedy, Bridget? And you just have I know. to be like, let it I go. I told right? Emily for seasons because I because I would tweet stuff and then I'd be like, no, but secretly, like, you don't have like, I just am joking on Twitter about Charlotte Sullivan. Like, I got Danny kind. I'm fine. Like, like I don't, I don't want to tell you how to do your job. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just like I never thought it was happening. <laughs> Well, I mean, what is it like? I mean, you both have basically had characters named after you. <laughs> I know. Kevin. That, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. <laughs> no. that's, that's what that tells us. You know, that's just <laughs> another example of how amazing Emily is. Yeah. And, and just like, again, how loyal, like she's so loyal and she just goes above and beyond and does stuff that she doesn't have to do. And it's just, I mean, she could have stopped the postmortems at any time. Like she had Hollywood Reporter wanting to do them with her. She had Entertainment Weekly and like she would do those ones, but she would still do mine and she didn't have to do mine. <laughs> like go like our goal, like I think Kevin will say the same thing. Like our goal in the early seasons was we want you guys getting like the big press. Like you deserve the big press. Like our goal was to try to get them in those big publications. And then for her to be like, but no, I also still have to talk to this stupid girl in Ohio that covers Canadian TV for some reason. Like, and she just did it because she was such a good and loyal friend. But like, I also think it was because she did have fun doing them. She couldn't do those like weird teases like in Entertainment Weekly and Hollywood Reporter. She could like put in this, like the crazy teases about, you know, maybe maybe uh Nicole will wear her hair uh some you know whatever like it was just I don't know I think she she had as much fun doing them as, as we did but it's still it was a lot of extra work on her part that she didn't have to do and it was amazing well and it's it. it's the difference between you know chances are a Hollywood reporter 
uh, reporter isn't right. <laughs> going to also be an erper. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they watch the show, that sort of thing, but it's like to actually be somebody who, who gets the, the jokes and yeah. would tease something like, you know, Hey, do you think you might have Charlotte Sullivan in this, this season? Maybe. maybe. <laughs> yeah, I will. Well, I will say um, someone that does do that, that because we're thinking of Irpa Palooza is Nora Dominic, who works for Buzzfeed, I think does an amazing job of being a true Irpa and fan. And that, I think that comes through in her interviews a lot with the cast. Um, so she, I was really glad Nora got to do a panel at Irpa Palooza as well. She's very much, I think, a, a fan as well. And ask the fun questions absolutely like so much i had so much fun at our publicity this week <laughs> I, I haven't even I podcasted about it yet i like i probably have like three weeks worth of things i've sent like four about. people emails like you will be hearing from me like with my like feelings but they have not come out yet <laughs> now one fun thing too talking about the conventions is as you mentioned you know fan expo 2016, actually doing your first one, you've been able to moderate more panels at, at cons as well. And you do such a great job, but I know it's not your favorite nice thing to do. Well, <laughs> the evidence is right there. I'm not making this up, folks. I mean, you've seen the videos, panels. No, I haven't because I, I won't watch them. The one came out today and I was like, not watching that. I showed my kids for two seconds and they were like, whatever. And then <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're not watching it. I was like, I don't remember it. I immediately blacked out after it happened. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Thank God my friend Carla was like right in my eye line. And I just saw her smiling face and was like staring at her the entire panel. <laughs> but yeah, I, like I said, I don't say no when Emily says, you know, you should be good. You would be good for this panel. Let's do this panel. And I'm like, okay. But then I feel like I want to roll up the entire time before it and I don't know I feel like I'm not a very like raw raw person so sometimes I worry that I'm not like bringing the right enthusiasm to them and I don't know but Kevin's always been very nice and very supportive (laughs) but But, hey, yeah, I've greatly enjoyed them. Greatly enjoyed oh, all of them when you. you've done them. So, they're, so you don't you don't feel like it got easier over the years? You still had like you still had nervous. I haven't done well. I hadn't done one now in like three or four years. So this one I was very nervous about because I just hadn't done one in so long. Um, but I don't know. It's always easy. Emily makes it easy because she's such a pro all of them are Kevin's talked to that like they make it so easy on us um but yeah it's 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 always daunting to me it's always a thing I I don't know (laughs) I'm not as big of a pro as Kevin (laughs) he just always says just go up there and be yourself just be yourself I'm like myself is super nervous right now Kevin (laughs) yeah that's what I'm like I'm like I'm gonna Throw up. Well, that's what this, this con, because um, Emily had her writing workshop on Sunday, and she always gets nervous about those and how those are going to do. And I was super nervous Saturday for our panel, and I kept telling her, I was like, listen, you got to hype me up on Saturday, and I'm going to be hyping you on Sunday. So I was like, right now, just hype me up, because I feel like I'm going to barf before this panel. <laughs> That, that darn whiteboard I was so tempted to like just get up there and help you with it it's like that whiteboard is giving everyone a run for its money it did not screw in how it was supposed to screw in 
But also, thank God I had was so overprepared for my panel because I had like six pages of notes from my outline questions. And that was what we taped up on the wall as a as a fake whiteboard. That's perfect. <laughs> it all came back around, right? Yes. <laughs> so you so you've moderated over the years and then you've also you've hand, been a handler. Yeah. At the convention, a wrangler, as right. Sullivan calls them. Um, she was like, "I get a wrangler." I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> so, was that a hard choice between being Emily's wrangler versus Charlotte Sullivan's wrangler? No, Emily kept telling me, "You can leave me for Charlotte Sullivan," and I said, "Emily Andrews has never left me, so I will never leave her." Oh, um, stop. <laughs> so sweet. It was not even a question. Um, no, I feel very lucky that, like Allison. Um, and other cons like um, the Earth Expo ladies that they've asked me to do that because it's it's they put a lot of trust in me. I just still don't know how to get Emily from the autograph room back to the writing workshop. Like I still didn't know at the end of the con where I was going direction wise, but um, no, they put they put like so much trust in us as the handlers to get them where they're supposed to be when they need to be, and and like Emily puts. Uh, I, I keep telling Emily, like, she's always worried, like, you're missing the con, you're missing out on doing the other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm also getting to spend the con, like, next to one of my really good friends, like, the whole time. So it means a lot to me that they've allowed me to share those experiences with Emily, because, and it's also, like, just super gratifying to sit at the autograph table next to her. And, like, I would meet half the erpers that I met at the con if I wasn't sitting at that table and I got to meet so many erpers just sitting up there and talking to them before they go and talk to Emily and I think this con especially was like really special because it felt like like 75 percent of the people that came up were like brand new erpers or had just found the show like you and or this was their first con and it was just like such a like different energy at this con I felt like like not only were we all back, but it was just so many new people and it was so fun to sit there next to her and hear and get to meet these people and then also get to hear, like I try not to listen too much, but um, just to get to hear people tell your friend how much, how much like she's meant to them. It's such like a rewarding and like gratifying experience. And it's just, I'm so glad that she gets so much love back because she did, I mean, we all know how much she deserves it. And it's just, it's so nice to get to hear her get <laughs> so much love. Um, because, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a super like special position. Um, it's a lot of work. Um, and, and you get to see how much work the cast has to put in to, to do these cons. I mean, it's, it's long, long days, but they never once complain. And, you know, they're willing to stay extra. I think Emily, we stayed at like two hours extra after the con was over so that she could get through her entire line. It was, and Kat stayed extra too, I know, after the closing ceremonies. Like, they're always willing to do that. Like, if they have the time, if they don't have to like, you know, go make a flight or anything like that. Um, Cause we've done that at other cons and it's just, they're just special. And I feel very lucky and privileged that I get to kind of be on that other side and see, see it from that angle. Yeah, it's a really fun perspective to hear it from being, you know, you came in uh, to the first, you know, some of the earlier cons and then, you know, transitioned throughout the years to this, these different roles. And yeah, that would be, I would love to sit there and just like, (laughs) listen to people fan out 
Yeah. Okay. I try not to like, I don't want to like obviously mess with their experience. Right. But like when I think there was a, a dad that came up and he came through the first day with, with, um, and he let his, his child talk, you know, the first day. And then the, when they came in the second day and he started telling Emily, you know, how much the show is meant to, to his child and how it's, it's helped bring them out of their shell. And, and, and I, I like, I can't help but like get emotional, like listening to all this. It was just, it was, it was wonderful. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like all thanks to like all the cons that have put the trust in me and Emily for, for wanting me to, to help her out. So mm-hmm. I will never show, throw her over, not even for Charlotte's home. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like coming back to cons after, you know, being away for so long? And also, I mean, you, you've met so many friends through this show and conventions like what's that all been like for you yeah I was lucky I was really looking forward to seeing the people that I hadn't seen in years like Kevin like Lynn um like some of my other friends that I, I just hadn't seen I, I was lucky enough to take like a vacation during the pandemic with some of the people I had met through the fandom so I had seen some of them but other of my ERP friends, yeah, I hadn't seen since the last Herpapalooza. So I was really looking forward to it. I got really anxious leading up to it, you know, just hoping that it would actually happen. Um, didn't believe that Charlotte Sullivan would be there until I laid my eyes on her that first day. Um, but it was just, I was just excited. I was so excited to like ERP again. I think like things like your guys's podcast and then the one that you have with Casey have been like so fun to like go back and like relive like the those fun early days of ERP like and see people like so newly excited for the first time to experience it because for us it has been a long time since since those days (laughs) so I don't want to say like we're jaded in some ways but it's just it's been six years for us and then to get to like hear like Casey on your podcast we live some of like the early like shocking moments was just like so fun and it was like oh yeah I remember that like that was so fun um so I was just really excited and I it I knew Allison and Laura were gonna do everything to keep all of us safe too I think they were so organized um they always run a great con and I think they did an amazing job with everything like beyond yeah. What I was even expecting. Yeah. I don't have anything to compare it to, but I was floored. <laughs> I was blown yeah. away. I'm like, this is the best con ever. I'm like, I clearly have nothing to compare it to, but I'm having the time of my life. So, well, like the virtual auto wait lists or whatever, I thought that was awesome. I was like, why haven't cons been doing this since the beginning of time? I don't know. Like for me as a handler, it was so nice to like not look out and see a line of like 100 people. Cause it makes you like nervous. Like we got to get through all these people. So it was nice in that aspect. And then everybody who came to the table said they really liked that system as well. So hopefully other cons will do that. It was also, I thought really special being the first one mm-hmm. uh, after a couple of years too, that the setup of the hotel allowed the mezzanine levels. So you could watch folks yeah. getting their autographs and their photo ops, you know, a chance to actually see all the smiles and everything. Yeah. That's a first. And, and Emily that was just wonderful. took that as a chance to heckle people that were like standing <laughs> <Yes>. up there. <laughs> as she would, we would expect nothing less now. 
there was one girl that was like, I just moved here to live with my girlfriend. And she was like standing up on the top level. And Emily's like yelling up at her, you need to propose. She moved all the way here for you. You better propose soon. And the girl was like, I had no idea what she was saying. Because <laughs> then they came back through the line the next day. And she's like, I got the message. I got it. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I was like, gosh, I, that'd be fun if they were all like that. Because it, yeah. it was. It's like you, you had this bird's eye view of like all these other things happening at the same time. You could hear people cheering after your photo ops and yeah. stuff like that. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's like people in the heavens above watching this right now. I didn't even realize it. Yeah. I am glad to hear that you liked the writing workshop though, because that <laughs> was such a mess. I'm always like, oh, how do we not have the whiteboard? Like the but it was, it, it was only a mess <laughs> in your minds, right? Because you're <laughs> up there going through it, but it, it wasn't from our perspective at all. I was telling Kevin how... You know, that was that was something the writers workshops were something that I didn't see a lot of information about as I was learning about the fandom and because they're not recorded. So that makes sense, as I would find out later. But I think, you know, there were a few tweets where, you know, you could see a whiteboard with some notes on it (laughs) and like, you know, PowerPoint script thing. And I was like, that's something that exists. I have to do that. So she could have spilled her drink everywhere and it yeah. wouldn't have like made a difference to me. Cause I was just like, this is happening right now. Um, you know, I felt bad that, that everyone up there was nervous, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing for anyone else watching. It was yeah. like seamless as far as we it's such tell. a hard balance. Cause she has to, you know, present something that if you do want to write, you know, you're getting something out of it. But if you're not someone who's a writer and you just love the show, that you're going to also get something out of it. I do have to say, I kept laughing when Emily was explaining, was going through the architecture of what um, a Winona episode looks like and the different acts and everything. The look on Casey's face was so hilarious she was studying like so hard and so concentrated and I think Emily said to her a few times don't worry there's not going to be a quiz at the end of this because (laughs) (laughs) Casey's face brought did bring me so much levity at one point because she was just so like what are you saying there's act four and then there's a break and then this and I was just like could see the wheel spinning so hard and Casey's like mine (laughs) it's so funny because there's like the difference between Casey and I is like I have my master's degree. I've been in school yeah. forever. So I'm like the consummate student. Right. And Casey's like, I could see her like fidgeting. And I'm like, <laughs> are you good? Is this too long for you to sit still? And she's like, no, I'm just taking it all in. She's saying so many things. I just don't want to forget anything she says right now. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Okay. So you're good. She's like, yeah, stop talking. I'm trying to pay attention. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> This is so funny because she was like right in my eye line and I was just like, oh, Casey. I was like, when Emily finally told her there was no quiz, I was like, okay, good. I was telling someone uh, today how Emily was like, like, you know, people were getting their wait list thing. So they were leaving the room, oh, yeah. which I'm sure was also like a little bit stressful. And Emily's like, I promise it's going to get better. And like the next person would like try to scurry out without being noticed, which there was no way to no leave way. the room without being noticed. Right. And then she'd be like, I'm going to talk about shirtless Nicole next. Like <laughs> just all these things. But that's, that's the thing you got to love about. I mean, she yeah. talk about anything and it's like, she's going to bring that humor and that delivery. That's just like, 
That's what she's always so worried. And I'm like, you could go up there and do whatever. And I'm like, people just want to hear it. But it it was a little nerve wracking, though. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) And I promise if I can figure out a way to to be a wearable whiteboard, I will cosplay as a wearable whiteboard. (laughs) I told her, I was like, we're making this into a PowerPoint presentation. I was like, you're coming into the 21st century. I was like... We're making this PowerPoint and you are no longer going to need a whiteboard. <laughs> Somehow draw on an iPad or something. So they when, Ash, when Ash started playing the theme song, I was like, oh, thank God. Like, and then Ash like turned to me and she goes, well, oh, crap, I'm going to have to play this like seven times in a row. Because <laughs> you're taping pieces of paper up there. And then I'm like, Oh no, are they going to use a Sharpie? Because all I could imagine was it bleeding through the paper (laughs) onto the wall of the hotel. And then you take the paper off and all the words are still there. That's how fast forward my mind was working. And then they got a whiteboard, Kevin, finally. And of course the marker didn't work. So, (laughs) so then they ended up having to get the, the uh, dry erase markers out of the Danny fucking cutout. Uh, fanny pack. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> that's where they were found. Yeah, that's where the markers were found. Hanging on the cardboard, Danny. Well, yeah, because you know how Danny st- fucking cut out where's the fanny pack? It, she has whiteboard markers in there because her little speech bubble is a dryer. That's how we used to update the bubble several yeah. times during the previous so the markers they end up getting. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> that's hilarious. I'm telling you, though, like that's so I know herb. Like everything is such a shit show. Like, like getting set the hot damn comics like it's always just like so that's why like us premiering on april 1st 2016 it was so fortuitous <laughs> like, <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> it really was yeah all all part of it every little piece i, what makes I it. love every bit of it i could, <laughs> I could just listen to it forever <laughs> No, but Anne, I feel like you lived your best life at the con. I loved it. You were like cosplaying. You were like my friend Megan, like when she saw you did the stitch, like you made her entire day. Like, I hope you know how much that meant to her. She was like ready to cry over it. So (laughs) it it was so much fun. Like I, Kevin knows I was like, at one point I felt a little overextended and I was like, I think I did it wrong. I'm doing too much stuff and I'm a little freaked out. And he's like, you're in the zone. I can see it. I can see it on your face. You had to have been well planned and organized to have it all. I looked at that schedule 9,000 times because I can't retain any of it. So I literally would just pull it up throughout the day. Like I have to be here at this time to do this meet and greet. And then I have to run to this spot to get the photo, which means I'm going to have to change my clothes, which means I'm going to have to get this prop. I was just like, I got this. I got this. No. And like I said, like I messaged you, like I also appreciated you and Emily's meet and greet because we had come right from, I think it was the family feud panel. And we were so tired after the first day, the first day wasn't even long in comparison to the others, but I think it was the first day we had conned and, and and Emily was so tired. And then we went to that family feud panel and then we were supposed to go to the meet and greet. And I was like, Oh crap. She's crying within like the first five minutes of the meet and greet. I was like, Oh God, like (laughs) save us. And then thankfully, Anne asked a question about how many fucks do you get an episode? And it like completely changed the mood. And I was like, thank God, Anne. It's like, what would Winona do? What would Winona do? Someone tell a dick joke, quick. (laughs) 
even though then we did descend back into crying. I was like, Emily, that meet and greet was like a Winona episode. We were like crying. We were laughing about fucks. So it was like, we were back to crying. I was like, it was fine. <laughs> the roller coaster. Yeah. Because <laughs> you went to the cocktail party. Did you do the cocktail party too? Yeah. Yeah, you did everything. You I, did, I did as much as I possibly could. <laughs> So, so a, much for the advice of don't overschedule. Yourself. That was the other thing. I'm like, I didn't take any of the advice any of the people took gave me. I'd like to <laughs> cocktail hour, two meet and greets, the writer's workshop, tons of photos. And like, yeah, I never know how like the talk. I'm always like the bad guy at the cocktail hour because I have to get her to move to the next table, which she never listens. Thank goodness Zoe Palmer was behind her this time because Zoe would just like kick her out. <laughs> and uh, but I, I wonder what, or how are those like from your perspective? Because I just it was always amazing. It was like, um, <laughs> Casey said, this is like speed dating. Yeah. Which it like, really kind of felt like it was. But um, yeah, it was just so like, I didn't expect, I didn't, I didn't realize Jordy had arrived. So like yeah. having Jordy <laughs> and Emily both show up at the table, I was like, oh my God, what's happening right now? Like, this is <laughs> mind boggling. So yeah, that, that. I'm trying to VIP piecemeal VIP my way up to everything now because that was the first VIP I got. And then, um, you know, I was so late to the convention scene for some of the other things that everything was already sold out. So I just yeah. got whatever I could. So now I'm like keeping my eye open for every like resale. VIP thing. So <laughs> like, I have to do it all, all of the things all of the time. I love yeah, because Danny Kine wasn't even at this convention. No, oh my gosh! Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna edit this part out. But today, okay. I have spent <laughs> brainstorming because I feel like I went a little too big in my first con, right? So I was like, <laughs> now what do I do for the next one, right? Like, what's my cosplay plan? What's my photo op plan? <laughs> so I spent all, <laughs> kind of embarrassed, but I spent all day. <laughs> okay, I'll cut all that out. We're back in now. <laughs> I'll say like the fight for Winona was very like special. Um, uh, I think I was I was actually going with some friends that night up to Toronto. We were going with Emily and Shelley and Noel to the My Favorite Murder podcast. Um, we were going to see them on tour, and then I'm driving to Toronto, and I'm like in traffic, and I think she did the don't fuck with my family. And all of a sudden Kevin's like DMing me and we're like, what's going on? You know, like, Oh my God. And I'm like, I'm trying to drive to my hotel. Like, I don't want to get in a wreck. Like, why is the world like exploding right now? Irving <laughs> has to pause while I do this important yeah. life thing. And I think like I checked into the hotel as fast as I could. I ran up. I think Kevin, we got on a call with Bonnie and we like, that was when we formulated, we were like, what are we going to do about this tweet? Like, what even is this? Like, and we just started putting all the, like, Kevin got the website up so fast. And I just, he was like, you're the writer. You're stuck writing like the blog <laughs> updates. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like I can do that. Um, but that was just a crazy, like time because we didn't know what was going on. We were just trying, we had so many ERPers reaching out about like, who do we get? Like who? Well, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and, and Kevin always does such a good job of like, we kind of have to like keep a level head here and see what the best course of action is. And then when the billboard things though happened, that was just crazy <laughs> and, a, and such a good idea. Well, into in a nice little bit 
I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Bridget. I might have, but another great example of how amazing Emily is, is it as everything broke that night, like you said, yeah. and I, you know, went to get the domain, get the blog stuff ready, and your writing skill is so much better than mine that you know, jokingly is why you were going to do it. Um, <clears throat> and Emily reached out to say, Oh, you shouldn't have to pay for the website. How much is it? I'll 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 send you the money. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> We are here for you. Okay. Go away. <laughs> we'll do. It's now our turn. Let's see what we can do. And, and it's just a small thing, but just typical of her. And, you know, it's like, we got this. We're all got different parts. All the fans want to know what to do. Let's just organize it. And then we are going to disperse the power of the herpers. <laughs> yeah. Well, then we went out. We were seeing my favorite murder the next night. And she's like, oh, like to my friend Valerie Ann and Nick, we were all going and She's like, oh, have you guys like had fun? Have you seen a lot of Toronto? And we're like, no, we've been like in the hotel in War Room, like <laughs> Central, like trying to like freaking conference calls because you had to do this tweet. Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, we haven't seen Toronto. Like, we haven't done anything. Like, we came here, but that was really fun. And and I remember that night, um, like I think Emily tweeted a photo because Mel ended up coming with us and Charlotte Sullivan. That was like insanity. Um, but Emily was like, we need to tweet this out and show everyone, you know, like, we're fine. We're all still like together. We all are having a good time. Like, it's going to be okay. But um, that was like a wild night. <laughs> that was Again, another crazy moment. Herb. Yeah. And that, <laughs> but to tie back to Herpapalooza, apparently uh, we found out one of the, someone there was Georgia Hardstark's best friend um, came up to Liz at Herpapalooza uh, at Herpapalooza and Georgia apparently has now started watching Winona Herp because uh I know <laughs> I love that I gave Noelle a pair of my favorite murder socks and <laughs> Mel a pair of my favorite murder socks I was like murder friends well that's funny yeah so that was a tie back but yeah the whole fight for Winona was crazy <laughs> crazy times Hey, Kevin, I what we had phone calls. I was like, I'm sitting outside of my daughter's riding lessons. But we were like, yes, <laughs> how are yes. we going to do this plan? <laughs> What's the plan for today? Or <laughs> yep. How do no, we save the show cheaper. we love? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yes. it, was, it was crazy times. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, doing family stuff. You're right. We had several of those. You were there or I was mm -hmm. in the car while you and Bonnie came up with something else. And it was. Yeah, we just found fun. a way to make it work. Yeah. Yeah, those were special times. The spe all the Spirit Day campaigns were really special times too. Yeah, um, yeah. That was just another thing where we were like, "Let's try to." Uh, well, I believe Tim. I believe the show was always involved with Glad. Um, so they and then we just started a page the one year, and right away Emily and the writers jumped in. You know started doing their support of it and then they said oh you know we'll name a character after someone that donates and that just blew it up I mean then I look back and think like that we've raised like 20 some thousand dollars like the one year like it's mm -hmm. just crazy <laughs> like, yeah and so quickly too it was yeah just it was like, like over like three or four days like and but it was all because like Emily and the rest of the writing staff were like we'll name characters I mean that's how we got Casey we got Petra, um, Rachel, Rachel Valdez was because of that. So that's all Emily. Uh, again, <laughs> she deserves all the credit. 
so many fun like little nods to the fandom and easter eggs and just all those little morsels you get to you know enriches yeah. the show and it's just so much fun yeah. I mean you you've covered so many shows you know with your time with tv junkies it's probably obvious but what is it about Winona Earp <laughs> that just is grabs at your heartstrings that they love us back I think it's like that yeah they love it back like they're having just as much fun interacting with the fans doing these like interviews and things like that as we are with them like they want to hear from us genuinely as much as as we want to hear from them you know I mean I I see Tim at the con and he's like I haven't seen you this whole con I'm so sad like and and it's like you what do you need to see me like you're here like to meet all these surfers and stuff but he's just like he's so he's so lovely and they're all like that like they all just they they've been like that since the very very beginning and I think like the fact that we all kind of were learning this on and going on this journey together from the beginning like they didn't know what tweeting was like they didn't you know think anyone would be out there um and the like the fact like when we were tweeting like the first and second weeks I mean I don't know about you Kevin but I was like they're actually like responding back to people like who's doing that like you know like most of the time I I never had live tweeted ever but I loved I as I said like I was so charmed by Emily I knew she was active on Twitter and then I was very charmed by the cast the first few interviews I had with them and I was like I'm gonna give this a shot like it's on a Friday night I'll be able to stay up late enough to do that and uh then I just saw how fun it was because they were actually interacting um just made it unlike any other experience so I don't know I I will say overall I love covering Canadian tv just because a lot of Canadian people both creatives and actors are very much they're just so they're so grateful. They're gracious. There's no kind of like star system or like divas uh, system there. So it's just, it's really refreshing to like be able to like yell about and support people that are like genuinely like good people trying to just, you know, give us good content. So mm-hmm. been lucky enough to do that. <laughs> How bananas is it that like you both are like woven into the ERP story now with the things that you've done, like the contributions that you've done. Like I think Kevin, yeah, I I always think like I can use on two truths and a lie. I can always use the, I was quoted in the New York times, like, and people will be like, well, that one's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, no, we actually got in that article. Like that was crazy. (laughs) Yeah. To be interviewed by Mo Ryan for an article in the New York times. Hello. (laughs) Pinch yeah. me. <laughs> we were both such nerds about that, Kevin. <laughs> still am. Bridget still am. I know. Every time she still likes my tweet, I'm like, oh, because yes. I met my first time I met Mo, Mo Ryan was at the first Clexicon. I remember she was at the bar wherever, um, wherever like the you had to get your tickets. And I remember her being at the bar and introducing myself to her and being like, oh, I'm such a fan, and babbling on about 
not Winona had a, uh, not Winona, but I, well, I wanted her to watch Winona and she had, she was like, oh yeah, it's on my list. I'm going to, and then babbling on to her about X company, which is a fantastic Canadian TV show. Everyone should check out. But, um, and I just remember I was like, oh my God, I'm Ryan. And then to then go to where she actually was watching the show. I think when Kevin and I realized like she was actually watching the show, we were so thrilled. And then when she came to Urpapalooza and then, <laughs> And then, yeah, to be interviewed about the show by her for the New York Times. That was just crazy. Kevin and I both were fangirling out. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was very special, too, for me and Earp Palooza when she agreed to sit down, Bonnie and I and her, just talking about her. Yeah. It wasn't specific to an episode of the season or interviewing her so much as, and she just, it was so wonderful to just bring out a couple of topics and. You know, you just go and yeah, that was that was very special. And kudos again to uh, Allison and Laura. Find you know, on like ten minutes notice, finding us yeah. a, a private room we could go to do it rather than in a hallway. Um, I remember it was Laura that was very helpful at that point. Uh, you know, just went on a whim. Oh, hey, you want to record a podcast about the show? Sure. It's like okay, Bonnie's talking to her while I go run and find Laura, who goes and finds a room, and then we set up a table and. Just sit down and talk her for a couple hours, you know, pinch me again. I just feel like so many big critics just dismiss little genre shows. And Mo is one of the ones that has always like loved the little, I mean, she was also a champion of Killjoys um, and what uh, other shows like that. And I just, I think she, she's obviously way more professional than me and is a trained critic, like amazing, but she is also someone that I think can come at it from like a fan point of view as well, really well. But I'll never forget when we heard that she was watching Winona, we were just so thrilled because that was like one of our big, like, we could just get Mo Ryan to try it. Like, I know she'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> Not having a big budget. These are the things us fans did at the time. Huh? Who yeah, can we recruit? Yeah. Who can we bring in that can talk about the show to get a few more eyes on it? And I remember she'd be like, oh, I know. I've heard lots of tweets about it. But she'd always be like, but the, they're the nicest tweets. Like, they're the nicest, you know, uh, suggestions uh, to watch the show that I've ever gotten. So <laughs> we did a lot of polite no chill to try to get <laughs> to try to get people to notice us then. If you had to pick like one ERP memory, no, nope. it's like, Bye. <laughs> <laughs> like illegal question. <laughs> Kevin should have to pick two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that is just overall, yeah, just one. <laughs> I, I know, I totally put you on the spot, but like, I don't know, oh, I know wow. it's a totally illegal question. Say. All of my postmortems with Emily. Just, just getting to be friends with Emily, and I don't know, just getting to know her outside of Earp. And she's such a wonderful person. She's so kind. She really does set such an example that I think leads to the way everyone who works on the show, who's involved with the show, all the fans, how the fans interact. I think it all stems from her. She's such a She's such an amazing person. And the fact that she's trusted me to kind of maybe see when that guard comes down and get to be friends with her means a whole lot to me. Um, 
and her loyalty that she's shown me over the years is just, it, it really, I'm going to get choked up, but she's a very special person and her friendship means a lot to me. And <laughs> yeah, I, she, she, she just, she didn't have to, she didn't have to keep talking to me. Um, and she did, she always made sure. And I think, and she, she knew what those interviews meant to everybody else too. She knew what the, that Erpers expected to have them there on Saturday mornings with their morning coffee. And she worked, she, we'd talk, you know, 12 o'clock at night, making it happen. Um, uh, when she was dog tired after coming home from a day at the set and she'd still make time and, and she'd never half-ass it. She'd never be like, well, we're only going to talk for 15 minutes bridge. You know, I mean, it'd be an hour long and she'd go into as much detail on the nights where we were talking at 1230 AM as she would when we be able to schedule like a 1 PM in the afternoon call. Um, so she, she's just an amazing person. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, like so many of us, it's like, we, we got a show, but then we also mm -hmm. got these friendships. Right. Yeah. And I, I would, I would venture to say that as much of a gift as, as the relationship that you got with her was, she must've seen something equally as special in you to have, to continue and that and, kind. and gotten, you know, a friendship from you as well. The two way, okay. two way straight. Thank you. <laughs> Kevin, you got Kevin, you didn't pick yours. <laughs> he always gets I knew, mad at me because I'm always like, I knew you wouldn't let me get off the hook. Um, it, it's got to be, and it ties in nicely, actually, with you being here. You know, to have a character named after you on a show that you adore. And that character is played by Anna fucking Silk. Come on. And, and, a big thank you to you, Bridget, for bringing that out in your postmortem, asking about where the name came from. So Emily was just so kind. I mean, I was a puddle. That wasn't on me. We both agreed. We were like, we got to talk about Kevin in this. Come on. Like, <laughs> well, and as a fan learning about the show, you're like, you know, you see who the, yeah. the people are who talk the most on Twitter. And then you're watching the show and you're like, wait a minute. Is that? <laughs> that's Kevin. Is that a coincidence? <laughs> and then you look it up. So, you know, Google it somewhere and then you find the TV junkies article and it's like, <laughs> Oh my God. And you tell all your other new Erper friends, like <laughs> it is, it's Kevin. I found it in this article on this date from Bridget. What? <laughs> so that's how that plays out on the other end. No, Emily has good blackmail on me. She has like a two minute video of me crying when I found out about the Charlotte Sullivan thing, Kevin. So <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that was so great for me because, yes, for years, hearing you talk about her, I didn't know who she was. But obviously, after hearing him over the course of five or six years, I certainly wanted to learn and understand. And it was funny just seeing you talk about it. So, yeah, seeing her name in the credits there for me, just knowing how much that was going to mean to you. That's one of the cool joys of Herb is when you see one of your Herb friends get to have a special experience, whatever it is. And, and that was just giddy to see that. I, I, uh, yeah. And like you said, to see the name Brigitte was just like, that's Emily. That is it again. <laughs> I had only, I had never watched any of the opening credits. Like I'm oh. always like too, like 
my <laughs> eyes are focused up here I on the story already. Like <laughs> but so it did, I didn't start doing that until like probably the last six episodes. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm kind of glad I'm like, like spoiled, but because now I was like, okay, when's that happening? Um, but yeah, I just remember the feeling of like, oh, there's going to be a lot of happy people right now. <laughs> See, I'm such a TV nerd. Like now I always pay attention to the credits because I always want to know who wrote it, who directed mm-hmm. it. And so I'm always looking at those. And so like the Jolene one, I like, oh, Zoe Palmer's back. Like, mm-hmm. and I wish like I didn't know it. Like it'd been more fun if I hadn't known, but that's what I love about Marcy's um, finale reaction video so much is that she didn't see Charlotte's name and Megan did. And that and Megan yes. did. Oh, it's the best. That screenshot just, is gold. <laughs> I watch that. Like, seriously, I watch that. I all the time. Like if I'm like, Oh, I'm missing Marcy and Megan. I'm just going to watch the finale reaction. Cause it's so funny. <laughs> and Megan's just like sheer, like, Oh my God. I'm so delighted. But oh, yeah. my, like I, what is going to happen? When, and, and watching her watch Marcy, like waiting for it to happen. Like, okay, when is she coming? Oh, it's, it's gold, man. She deserves yep. some kind of award for that one. <laughs> but yeah, it's changed the way I watch television because that's something that I now do. You know, yeah. we were watching Jan um today my wife and I and I was like you haven't seen this yet and she's like no I'm like this is delightful I can't believe you haven't seen this so I'm like I'm like look it's Zoe Palmer I'm like oh look this is she's Jolene in blah blah blah. but then I saw that Emily had contributed to the episode and I was like oh yeah and she's like what what are you pointing I'm like Emily Andrus she's part of the show so she's like oh god you're I don't, I don't think watching TV with me is as enjoyable as it used to be for her because I'm like screaming out things, especially when I'm watching Canadian stuff now, but uh. that's what I love about like, uh, because she did help on Jan season one, but like um, her relationship with like Michelle Loretta, I love how like Mama Earp is Michelle after Michelle Loretta and then on Killjoys, uh, the main character the one main character's middle name is andrus so it's like oh it's so cute like (laughs) when you catch like fun stuff like that oh yeah and the other thing i noticed today watching because we were watching season one is um the pilot of winona earp is on the lap playing on the laptop in one of the episodes Mm -hmm. of jan and i just started screaming yeah she's like what i'm like She's watching Winona Earp. She's like, you didn't catch that the first time. I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah. And, I, and and I know like a way hot thing is on the on a big TV in one of the other episodes. But I was like, I did not catch that the first time through. I was the urban man. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of Earp, we pushed back tonight's recording. Yeah. Because we wanted to see how the Canadian Screen Awards played out. I had I had lit my. Oh. My Melanie Scrifano candle didn't bring us enough luck for her to win, but uh, at least we won the the can you, what it, the Audience Choice Award. Yeah, I loved how they tried to make it like not a specific actor this year, as if that would keep Erpers away. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like yeah. there's still still the nerves though, right? It's like <laughs> anything could happen, but it's like, but could it really? Could yeah. is this ours to lose? Like what? Uh, we still had to be like a write-in, right? They still tried to keep. Yeah, we weren't. No, yeah, we had to get on the ballot, so to speak. Yeah. But that yeah. just give Erpas the chance to go at it, boy. And I love well, that, was... that they love the fact they could shoot the yeah. video 
at the con to say thank you. I mean, allowed hundreds of herpers technically to be to be there. Yeah, that was a great Jordy moment behind yeah. the scenes. He's like, you know, he's like, if we if we win it, it would be awesome if we could choose something here. So he like had that idea. That was really cool. Yeah, but yeah. I was really sad for Mel. I'm so happy about Tim. So so happy. <laughs> What did we end up taking? Five of eleven? Do I have that right? Five or six, if you include the. Yeah, I think it's six. If ward. you include the fan one. Okay. Well, we're absolutely including that. <laughs> let, let me check with my true uh, fan, just Katie Andrus uh, tweeted out uh, a graphic. <laughs> That's what I always tell Emily when I wear my fan dress. I'm like, it's not wearing it for you, right? Like, for Katie <laughs> Andrus. Yeah, we got six with the with the audience. Okay. <laughs> we got to leave some stories for later on when we have her on to talk about an episode at some point. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what episode would you want to come back for? I don't know. Probably something in season two. I love season two so much. Yeah. I never thought anything could beat the season two finale for me. Like, that was always like when I'm sitting at Emily's table with a handmade people are like, what script should I buy? And I'm always like, season two finale, season two finale. Um, and that's why the, but now I'm like 412 just <laughs> like is above anything. Is 412 the, the script that sold the most this weekend? Yes. Yeah. Like we were done. We were sold out of it in the first two hour block of her autographs. And we were almost sold out. Uh, well, the 402 was going fast. So it was like either like I was asking people when they came up, I was like, do you want crying or do you want stair sex? Like that was just <laughs> what it was. It was crying or stair sex, crying or stair sex. And then Emily, and then based on what they picked, she'd be like, oh, that says a lot about you as a person. Like, <laughs> I just picked both. I was like, I, yes, I want them both. <laughs> well, then you'll have to tell us because every time someone, I'm like, they're sitting right here. I could have looked, but I was like, I, what does it say for the stair sex part? Does it just say like, bow chicka bow wow? Or like, does no, it like <laughs> it's, it's not like, you know, there's not like yeah. right hand here, left hand here, but it's like, it's, it's good. I had some good conversations yeah. with Erpers, so like guess trying to guess like what we thought it said for the stair sex part. Like so yeah. Yeah. As you yeah, it's not graphic, but it's like it's very <laughs> implied, heavily implied. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, the and we sold out of uh Dark Angel Waverly. Cause then because that because people would be like, I want Emily to pick, and she'd be like, Well, do you want Halloween or do you want Dark Angel Waverly to step on your throat? I don't know. Like, what kind of person are you? <laughs> right. So like, that's like it's like a BuzzFeed quiz, right? <laughs> so it's like that's what they ask me. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, have her pick for you because it's a good time every time she tries to pick for someone. But yeah, 412 went so fast, and they actually got them printed by like later that that day so we had some back at the end of friday but we almost we we they printed like hundreds more of them so we didn't run out but uh we were close we sold out of 411 and 102 but we had a lot less numbers than the, of those so because a lot of people were buying um stair sex and then 102 so they had the way hot meeting and then yeah <laughs> they were bookending their way hot mm. <laughs> so yeah. That was fun. <laughs> but no, I think so. Yeah, maybe something in season two. I don't know. <laughs> I figured as much. You've always said that season two was your favorite. Yeah. But you guys got to you got to be there too for part of it too. So I think that really and Danny helps yeah. too. It has a lot mm-hmm. of Danny kind. 
I'm a fan of hers. I told I I told her I was like Charlotte Sullivan was great, but don't worry. Like I still love you too. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's been replaced. It's good to yeah. know. <laughs> You have to reassure them. I'm excited that you're coming to our expo. All right. Well, Bridget, where can uh, everyone find you if they don't already know? Well, the TV junkies is still up and running. We're not covering stuff as heavily these days because real life has gotten in the way a little bit. Um, But we still have plenty of coverage there, um, including anytime Charlotte Sullivan's on anything, I do an interview. So <laughs> she's right. Guaranteed pretty, content. Yeah, yeah, for right for live content. action Charlotte Sullivan coverage, go to TV Junkies. <laughs> like maybe I haven't written in like two months, but Charlotte Sullivan's on pretty hard cases. Okay, here we go. Um, no, I am trying to do get back into the swing of things and do more coverage um, there again. But uh, so tvjunkies.com and then my personal Twitter is just Bridget on TV or a bridge ton TV as my kids like to to say. So (laughs) they keep me humble. (laughs) What do they think about all the urban? They're just like, whatever. They don't, they don't care at all. They're just like, oh, you're going to hang out with your friends. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine don't either. I'm like, remember, I'm going to go like, I'll see, I'll see the actress who plays Winona. And yeah. that like, usually like if I say who they are, then my son gets like a little, um, because he's watched some of the show with me too. Usually anytime there's a real action, he'll walk by and stop and be like, what's happening right now? Is she going to die? I'm like, no, nobody dies. Nobody's dying in this show. (laughs) Go away. They they strangely, like, they love Tim. Like, somehow they know Tim. So they're always like, oh, Tim. Tim also good. Like, that's what they always call him because we used to have a shirt back in the day, the early days. That's something funny, too, Kevin, is you think about, like, the early days. We had one company, Fangirl Shirts, that was making shirts. Mm -hmm. And, like, we had, like, five shirts to pick from. And That was it. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah, really? Before everyone went, like, Tea public yeah. red bubble. Yeah. 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 Now it's like that. give them five minutes. Because IDW and, like, wasn't sure. making any stuff. We fans had to start creating it ourselves. Yeah. And there was two women, Sally and Rebecca, who ran this company called Fangirl Shirts, and they put out some of the first like wine on herb shirts and Peacemaker t shirt. Yeah. So. Uh tacos are tasty. They got that one out. That was an early favorite. But they were the first Fandra's shirt. And I think that yeah that was something that sally i think had come up with during the lost girl days because they were big lost girl fans so Mm -hmm. they they had uh, followed emily from lost girl over but it's just funny um because i did go to look for new winona shirts before urba palooza because i hadn't had and i thought wow there's so many it's overwhelming yeah yeah Yeah. everywhere and in those early days we had like five (laughs) and that was it (laughs) like nuts (laughs) That's but, funny. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I got on the fangirl shirts, but that was, that's what yeah. happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but my kids, yeah, my kids could care less. They they just know like Tim's there and then they've gotten to meet my friend Ash lives nearby here. Um, so they've met her a few times. So they just they think, oh, you're going to see Ash and she's way cooler than you anyway. So <laughs> they're like, tell her hi, but we don't care that you're going. <laughs> <laughs> too funny well thanks for coming and you're welcome back anytime thank you for having me. yes it was so great to talk again it's really fun to like relive the early episodes by listening to you guys and seeing all the stuff that ties in has been really interesting so um and thanks for podcasting with kevin i can hear his 
joy come back in and do his voice when he's talking about these early episodes with you. I just, I can tell he's having such a good time with you. It, is fun. it took him all of two minutes to convince me. <laughs> he's like, what do you think about? I'm like, I'm in, what is it? What do you want to do? No, I can tell he's having such a good time. So thank you for, for doing that with him. Cause it's, it's, it's fun for me to listen to, to Kevin having a good time doing these. <laughs> yeah. well, thank you so much. Well, thank you. Yes, and again, thank thanks you. Just, just being nice. Thank you just for the nice way you talk about my stuff. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you for doing it. We're, we're, we're going to keep doing that. Yeah. Okay. It's, it is big. It is big stuff. You should be proud. Yeah, big stuff's coming. Yeah. That's really going to start mm-hmm. to see it lots more now with everything. That's, that's what we were real fast. I was, Ann and I were touching on is, I mean, it's been a blast getting up through season one and you know, really yeah. reminiscing about beginnings, but emotionally, Ooh, <laughs> shit's going to start to get real Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with what's going to start happening in season two, especially and everything. So yeah, it's going to be a fun roller coaster. Can't wait to I just keep going. That vision quest episode's coming. <laughs> it's going to melt my mind again. I don't know if I'll be able to oh, run it again this time. That one. I haven't rewatched that one in a long time. That's I bet that's going to have a ton of stuff. We're going to cover Thank you, Bridget. This. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. All right. Take care of yourself. Oh, oh my gosh. I could do that forever. It, and it can go and go and go. I love. Six years of stories. I just love stories. Like that's the whole thing. It's like. Mm-hmm. I, it's just something about my brain. Like I literally, if I didn't, like if I could just ask one open-ended question and then sit back and listen to people tell me these rich stories, I, I, how do I get paid to do that? <laughs> I don't know. You find out, tell me, okay? Because I want in on that. I want in on that too. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our episode with Bridget. Thank you so much again for sharing your stories and your time. I just... Again, I could do it forever. Um, and uh, I think our next episode will start off with season two. We haven't started yeah. that yet. Yeah. If you want to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that by finding us at herbologypodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us, reach out to us on Twitter at herbology underscore pod. Until oh. next time. Take bye. care, all. <laughs>